Parashas Vayikra. The parasha of the Karbanos is normally a parasha which people find difficult to explain. In many settings, the person will be asked, is he looking forward, is he awaiting the coming of Mashiach? Of course. Is he looking forward to the rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash? Of course. Is he looking forward to sacrificing animals and throwing their blood in the Mizbech? And the answer is, of course, as well. But to a certain more liberal, maybe more secular mindset, it's hard for them to understand the point of Korbanus, animal sacrifice. Why is this part of Avodah Hashem? What are we trying to achieve by it? And people sometimes have difficulty explaining the concept. Famously, the Ramban, at the beginning of Pashas Vayikra, addresses the point, what's the underlying reason for Korbanus? And the Ramban gives an answer. He says that when the person is standing in the Azara and he sees the animal that he's brought to the carbon being shechted and being sacrificed on the altar, so the person who's brought the sun offering should think that really for what I've committed, transgressed, angered Hashem, this punishment is really deserved by myself. I should be the one being shechted and brought in the Mizbech and Hashem was kind enough, so to speak, to allow Tzmura, to allow the carbon to be brought in my stead. Now, the Ramban's reasoning is a good answer for the carbon Chatos, for the sin offering, where the repentant sinner feels contrite and he feels remorse, he feels that really he should be meted out the punishment, so to speak, and go through what the carbon is, his animal is experiencing. But the carbon chatos was not the primary carbon in the Besamikdash. The primary carbon in the Besamikdash was the carbon oila. It was brought as the Tamid, as the Musaf. And what rationale do we have then to explain why it was necessary, so to speak, to bring a carbon Tamid, a carbon oila, when the whole animal was consumed by the fire? Or a carbon shlamim? which is mostly eaten either by the Kohenim or by the owners, what was the underlying significance which we can learn from these korbanos? Recently, in the Beis Hirah, we heard about a new technology. Normally, a Beis Hirah is a good place to hear about new technologies. If it doesn't want to read science journals, then you just have to wait until someone thinks of a halachic question and will come tell tell us what the, has been developed in the world and what the halachic questions which come about as a result are. So apparently there's something called an aleph steak. An aleph steak, what I understand, is basically artificially produced meat. How? They take living cells from an animal and in laboratory conditions they cause these cells to multiply, to generate more cells. And based on the DNA of the cell, so so to speak, it reproduces itself as it would inside the animal. And therefore it can produce meat with the same proteins, the same uh, foods, so to speak, as the real meat would be. Except this has been produced in the laboratory conditions as opposed to as part of an animal. 
the promoters apparently of these artificial meats, what they call in Israel, alistics, claim that it has the same health benefits as real meat, claim that it has the same taste and texture as real meat. And let's assume that's true. So obviously the question is, what's the halachic status of such meat? That's what the person came to ask. Would it be kosher? Would it need a heksha? Would it be fleshik? So we were discussing the halachic uh, sides to such a question. If something which began fleshik and expanded, so then the would be fleshik, like the meat is fleshik. But we had a different question. Halachically, will it be Eva Minachai? Because since the original cells came from a living animal, so even if they have now been encouraged to multiply and, cre- and develop into a completely different object, a full piece of meat, do we say that because the Sherish was from Eva Minachai, a living animal, therefore the product which is now in front of us is also Eva Minachai? Or do we say that small amount is bottled into the bigger piece of meat? And if that's the case, it would be mutter. But while we were discussing the halachic side of it, which isn't the form of a, of a pa'ashashir, someone brought up a different point. The ethical question. And that is, assuming both of these types of meat are equally available. You would go to the supermarket frozen meat section, and you would find steaks which come from cows that they've shechted, and steaks which have been produced by a laboratory. The same texture, the same price, the same quality. So the question was, morally, would there still be a right to shecht animals to, she- to eat them? Now, the Torah allows us to eat meat. The only way to do that is by shechting the animals, so we're allowed to shecht animals. But if theoretically, or maybe not so theoretically, if it would be possible to have exactly the same meat, with the same taste and the same health benefits, whatever one wants to call it, and one didn't need to shecht the animal. So would there be something wrong with shechting the animal? Would people be advised halakhically to eat the artificial meat as opposed to shechting animals for real meat? Now this is a question which doesn't have much of a precedent in the Paiskim, obviously, because the, op- the option of artificially produced meat of the similar nature and quality is something even today which hasn't yet made its mark. But we find something similar in the Nodib Yehuda. The Nodib Yehuda in Yeridea, Simon Yud, was asked a question by a Jew in England where the national sport was fox hunting and he wanted to know is there any issue in the Torah in participating in the hunt, in going to hunt foxes. Nodib Yehuda considers it, discusses four different elements in his answer. Two of them, that is that it's hunting encourages cruelty in the person and that it's uh, putting oneself in danger to go into the forest where wild animals roam freely just for the for sport, which are two, two of the reasons why I wanted to forbid it don't really apply to us. But the other two reasons he brings are very nagar, are very applicable to our question also. The one question that we considers is what are the parameters of Tzar Balechai? The Torah tells us, or at least it's Midrabanan, 
and we're not allowed to inflict harm or pain on animals, where does this apply? The Torah allows us to use animals. We're allowed to ride a horse even if the horse feels uncomfortable with the added weight on his back. We're allowed to use oxen to pull wagons or to pull the plow even though it has to exert itself. We're allowed to shecht and eat them. So what's the gather of Tar Balei What halachically fits into the category of causing an animal tsar, which the Torah forbids. And then the gather that comes to is anything which is a tzorech for a person, which is a need a person has. So Hashem made the world there to serve the person. And therefore, if there's a need why a person needs to use an animal or use something from the animal in a certain way, then that takes priority over the discomfort or the pain the animal might feel. Tzai will only apply when there's no valid need for what the person is doing. To needlessly cause harm to an animal, that would be Tzai And therefore, the Nariya wants to consider is hunting a fox, which has no positive benefit. Is that enough of a reason to say that there's an Isra of Tzai And if that's the case, we could ask the same question here. If a person doesn't have a need to shech the animal, he could achieve exactly the same result. He could have enjoy exactly the same food without shechting any animals. Would there be a problem of tsar balechaim, so to speak, in shechting animals? Now there's a second argument, and that is shechita isn't the source of tsar balechaim. The the sharpness of the blade and the quick speed at which it's done. So the animal kima doesn't feel anything. But then maybe has a second question. And that is, is there a problem of Baltashkis? The world is created and we're not meant to destroy it. Not just animals, not trees, not plants. Anything useful in the world, to, just to act destructively and destroy Hashem's world is also. We can't chop down fruit trees. And therefore he says, maybe hunting animals just for the fun of killing an animal is Baltashkis. And if that's the case, one could theoretically ask a similar question here. If a person has no need to shech the animal, he has exactly the same product available, produced by a factory, is it baltashkis? Is it destroying something in the Shem's world for nothing to kill animals? In other words, to sum up, the case we're asking now is exactly the opposite of Nodabiyodah. The Nodabiyodah is talking about a case of a person who wants to do something. He hasn't got another way to do it. But maybe what he wants to do isn't so important. To hunt is not such, not such a worthwhile venture. And we're asking the question exactly the opposite. What the person wants to do is completely justified. He wants to eat meat. Except he doesn't have to use the option of shechting the animal to eat meat. He can get meat a different way. So would there be something morally wrong about shechting animals if one could get the meat in a different way? So I was thinking that I can bring an answer to this question from the Ramchal. Even though the Ramchal isn't best known as a poisa. But nevertheless, there's a principle he brings. A principle of Ashkafa in Darach Hashem. Which I think answers this question as well. And the Ramchal says like this. He says that the human being was created to serve Hashem. That's his job. That's his calling. That's his mission in life. And everything else in the world was created in order to serve the person. 
Why? Because it's an Inui Godel, L'chol Nivra. It's the highest point that any other creation can reach in its serving as a servant to the servants of Hashem. The natural world, the plants and animals, and even to an extent the Goyim, don't have the ability to serve Hashem directly. And if that's the case, the best thing they could do was serve Klai Yisrael. Because in that way, they're facilitating the Avodah Hashem. They're insisting Klai Yisrael in their Avodah Hashem, and that justifies their existence. And this is the point. This is the difference between the Torah Ashkaf and maybe the way the world looks at it. Let's look at it in the terms of what the, of the animals benefit. What would be the best thing for this sheep? To live its life in the pasture, to eat grass, and to die a natural death one day? And what would it have achieved with its life? Yes, it would have lived out the physical lifespan that sheep live. And then it would have died as a carcass and been destroyed. So what, what did it gain with life? What did it achieve? Whereas if a, a, a sheep would be shechted and eaten by Eden, then if that's the case, he's contributing something to the Jewish people. He's being used some way, maybe as a small cog, but as, in some way as part of the system of Avodah Hashem. And there's no greater benefit for something in the Bria than to be used as Avodah Hashem. And therefore, I think even if there would be artificial meats, exactly the same as real meat, there would be no isser in shechting animals. Besides the fact that a person can make a brach on the shechiti. Besides from the fact that in the case of chickens or birds, a person can make a brach on covering the blood. But without that, for the animal's point of view, the best thing that could happen to it is that it's used to Misham Hashem. It's used to help Kali Shosar Hashem. The fox hunting doesn't fall into this category. There's no benefit whatsoever in killing an animal if it's just going to get killed. But in shechting and eating an animal, if that's the case, then one's justifying, so to speak, what the animal came to do in this world. Because the alternative is it would live and die and not have achieved anything, so to speak, in the Tachis Abri. On this side, let's go back to the Korbanis. Let's go back to the Korbanis. If you consider it a Maila, for an animal to be used, so to speak, to serve Klai Yisrael, in the sense that Klai Yisrael can eat it, then Kal an animal which was Zaycha, to be brought up on the Mizbech as the carbon Tamid, as a carbon Musaf, as whatever carbon was going to be. What more could an animal want to happen to it, so to speak, in order for it to be used as a Vodas Hashem? An animal who doesn't have Bechira, who can't do mitzvahs, who isn't called on, so to speak, to serve Hashem in any other way. What other option does the animal have how to serve Hashem? And therefore, when we look at a carbon, the first point, this is the lucky animal. The animal which was fortunate enough, out of all the animals in the world, who lived and died for nothing. They died of natural causes. 
They were eaten by lions or by other predators. And what did that achieve? Whereas this animal is being brought as a carbon, it's doing return Hashem. It's bringing Kapari to Klai Yisrael. So that's the most an animal could achieve. Not only that, the Baisamidah served as that medium that for all the various forms of livestock, agriculture, crops that the Jewish people would have, there was a way to use it in some form of Avodah Hashem. We could bring korbanos, we could bring birds, we could bring menachas, flower offerings, we could bring wine, we could bring oil, we could bring wood, we could bring guitarists, we could bring salt. We could elevate items from the natural world in so many different ways as Avodah Hashem. Let me tell you a story. It's a chazal. We all know the famous master of Eliyahu and Harakarma. Eliyahu publicly challenges 450 in the Via and he says, let's do an open demonstration of the truth. I'll build a Mizbech, you build a Mizbech. I'll bring up a carbon on my Mizbech, you bring up a carbon on yours. And we'll both pray to whoever we believe in and the God who answers in fire will send down a fire to burn his sacrifice it's a symbol that that's a true God he challenges and they accept the challenge and as we know they build his they take two parim two calves exactly the same Twins grew up in the same yard, in the same stable, in the same yard. And one, the Nevi'a Baal Shechts on Emisbech, and one, the Nevi'a Navi Shechts on his. It's one of the most famous stories in the Nakh. But there's a second act to the story, a behind the scenes act, which Chazal tells us about. And that is, when these two calves were brought, and one was meant to be for the Nevi Abal, and one was meant to be for Eliyahu. There was a side drama. The calf which was meant to be given to the Nevi Abal refused to budge. It wouldn't move. They tried to pull it, it wouldn't cooperate. And in the end, eventually Eliyahu as a Navi speaks and he says, Why won't you why won't you participate? Why don't you want to go? And the calf's answer, because it's not fair. So both of us, the calf, Yusuf, and myself, we were both grew up in the same stable. We ate the same food. We lived the same life. And now we're being brought here for this challenge. And she, my sister, is going to be brought as a carbon to Hashem. And I'm going to be given as a carbon to Avodah Zara. I'm not interested in that. It's not fair. I don't agree. And Eliyahu Novi had to placate the calf. And Eliyahu Novi says to it, Go. Just like Hashem's name will be glorified by the carbon which I bring, and the fire will come down and consume, same thing, a Kaddish Baruch whose name will be miskadesh by the fact that the Nevi'a Baal are unsuccessful in bringing the carbon. Says to the calf, 
the function you're playing is also going to contribute to Kfat Shemai. And then the calf, went, the calf was willing to go. And I'm sure it doesn't mean Yon Novi spoke to a calf, like Taisa says in Tchulin. It's more maybe the, the Malach or the spiritual force behind the calf. But the principle is true. Nothing lives forever. Life isn't a commodity one can hold on to. It gets used. And therefore, the only, the only question is going to be, used on what? Rabbi Yechanan said on Afternoon Kohelis, Sofa Bahema Lemisa. Animals die, they don't live forever. And therefore, the fact that this animal died as a carbon, or in our, in our example, the fact, that, the fact that an animal died because it was shechted and eaten, as opposed to, not that it would have lived forever, as opposed to being mauled by a lion, as opposed to dying of illness, as opposed to being eaten by other people, who are not going to use it for various Hashem. So what's the best possible use for the animal? If an animal could choose, Avedis Hashem. It's a chesed to an animal that we can use it as part of our mitzvah observance. Whether it's a carbon, whether it's a Siddhas Shabbos, whether it's just to make a bracha on it. And let's go back to where we started. The Ramban learns the reason of karbanas is what a person can gain, can learn from watching the carbon being brought up. He speaks about the carbon chatas. What about the carbon oila? What about the carbon shlamim? We can learn from watching them too. There's something the Chinuch says, I'm slightly paraphrasing it. But we can learn from watching them too. We look at an animal which is brought as a carbon and think this was the most, for the animal's point of view, the most desirable way for for it to die, because it was being used as a virus Hashem. And it's true, a person isn't mukhiv to give up his life. A person isn't mukhiv to sacrifice himself in the Mizbech. But, there's a different point. A person isn't mukhiv to give up his life, but a person is using up his life. And then again, life isn't a commodity one can hold on to. A person is constantly using up his life. It's something he's using as long as he lives. And the question is going to be the same question as before. And that is, what's a person choosing to spend his life on? You can't hold on to it. What are you choosing to spend it on? Are you going to spend it on Avaidah Hashem? Or are you going to spend it on wasting time? Killing time? Goals which aren't important. And just like we can learn from the animal, the carbon, that was Zaychati brought in the Mizbech, and do the most, the maximum that an animal could possibly do in this world, as participating in the Avedis Hashem, we can learn a lesson from that. We also have an opportunity to do. We also have an opportunity to live. And the focus should be, that out of all the options we can choose to spend our lives on the best, most desirable, most beneficial option is to dedicate our lives to Avayat Hashem. To focus 
on the man that we as Mishamshi Hashem, we as the ones who were chosen to serve Hashem directly, can use our lives to the fullest potential, in the best way possible, and that is to serve Hashem as best we can.